What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Win Win Effect podcast presented by Winject Studios. I am your host, Chris Ross. And if you're new to us, welcome. Really excited and blessed to have you here for the first time. The outcome that we're after in each episode of this show is to introduce you to as many people as I cross paths with to inspire and help you, our listeners, to manifest anything you want out of life. How I go about achieving this is one heartbeat, one mission, one outcome, that's success. Our feature guest for this week is someone that's not new to exceeding expectations in life. He stopped chasing balance and started embracing the model of a centered life, which overall led him to becoming a corporate America dropout, turned podcaster and a real estate entrepreneur, Jerome Myers. He is the preeminent authority of dream realization, a believer that dreams can and should be real. He is the founder and head coach of Myers Methods and has been featured in numerous podcasts and also the Business Insider. Jerome is extremely passionate about helping other apex performers find their calling and live every day on purpose by harnessing the power of his model for a center life, what he calls the red pill. Some of the things to pay attention to in today's episode is understanding how to exit the matrix and aligning your values with your work and showing up the way you need to in the marketplace. Before we kick this up a couple notches, stand by for a quick message and let's go ahead and start today's show. This podcast is part of the Winject Studios Network, where podcasters come together to focus on community, collaboration, and collective impact. For more information on how to apply to join the network, go to www.winject.com. That's W-I-N-J-E-C-T dot com. If you're ready to make a difference through podcasting, then we're ready to see you there. I'm being so excited for this little intro. I said, Jerome's in the house. Play up in the Himalayas. What's going on, my man? You doing all right? Amazing, Chris. I just got to figure out how do I get on the intro video? That's what I want. I want to get on your intro video. That next season comes out. I promise you, you're going to be on because that the um, the I guess the intros and the B rolls and everything we have is each season it pops on. So the next season it comes on. I promise you, your face and your B roll will be on that Joker in that intro. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be fun, man. But I, I've been looking forward to this for a while, man. And I think it's. I feel like you know, like every once in a while, you'll meet someone that you feel like. I don't know, maybe you were separated at birth or it could have been we were born and around them, maybe just a different life. But I maybe just, you know, I know that you're in North Carolina. I'm from South Carolina. You're in the wrong Carolina. Maybe it could be that, maybe how we're raised. I have no idea, but we've had a couple of different great conversations and I've emerged myself into some of your content. And just to let you know and let everyone else know that maybe is watching this and you have interviewed Jerome, you haven't done him justice. So I'm going to help you out today and I'm going to put some coal on the fire and let you burn it up, my friend. Let's do it, man. I'm super excited to be with you, Chris. And I've, I've been digging into your content as well, checking out the win-win effect. I like to consider myself a listener of the podcast before I ever go on it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of people who show up and they don't even know what the questions could be. Your podcast, you can't know what the questions are going to be because you ask different questions for every guest. But at least I have an idea of the flow and the things you like to talk about. And I show up as my authentic self, as you encourage all people to do. 
So I think we're going to have an amazing conversation today. Right. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm, I pretty much bet my last dollar on it. And I think we, we need a little joke before we, you know, hit record on this episode. <laughs> it's like, just one thing you won't call me is broke. You can call me crazy anytime you want. It's one thing you won't call me is broke. <laughs> Broke's a state of mind, baby. So, but yeah, and the listeners, you know, for guys that are tuning into this and you're listening in, <clears throat> excuse me, pay it close attention to some of the things that now do my best to pick out some of the subtle things that Jerome drops that are nothing but straight golden nuggets for you to really take in. I, t- I talked about this and I think one of the other episodes and someone asked me this question, maybe I was on a guest. They were like, well, what are the two biggest things that you had to discover in your journey that led you to where you currently are right now? And I was like, well, damn, that's a hell of a question. And I was like, well, I would probably say the cultivation of silence and the cultivation of self-discovery. Those two things right there have been able to really go all the way deep inside my subconscious and really slowing down time where right before it gets that neocortex and slowing it down that I'm able to go back in and it's like, I'm able to like relive past experiences and then look at it in a different perspective from the experience I had previously and and really questioning myself, why do I feel this way? And it's transformed my life. And I'm, and I know that we can, I know this is probably starting it off pretty hot, but I know you can tell from right wearing your shirt. I took the red pill, get a blue pill, red pill for the people who are in the matrix that are in that, and a way of thinking and understand what he means by that. But we can put a pin in that just for a second. But let's kind of kick this off and we'll kind of like, we'll bleed it back in. Like for the most part, and there's a lot of things you've done. And you went from engineering to 30 months, five hours to what, 32 minutes in your career. And when you made that transition, right? And yes, I pay attention. But when you're doing it that way and you're kind of like learning, I guess, through trial and error and then trying to find your own way. When you finally got to where you are right now, did you ever like go back in time and think about like, would you ever think that you would ever accomplish the things you have accomplished so far? Of course. Right. Yeah. And that's because I'm still at the beginning of what I believe is the overall journey. There it is. I was sitting on the stoop with my buddy Duran and we were doing the math and the, the guy was making 700 grand a year through multifamily apartment ownership. And we, didn't know who he was because we'd never mm-hmm. gone. We never talked to him. He had third-party property management and it's the exact same business that I run today. And right. it was early last year where we hit that same revenue dollar amount. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that was okay. So what I saw when I was 20, I was able to come back and do, I didn't go the direct route and I don't think anybody ever does, but mm-hmm. we got back to the place of, I saw this when I was 20. And so now what's past that and how many people, for me, it's not so much what can I do, but it's how many more people can I take to that 700,000? Absolutely. Because that's the game, right? It's not what you can do, but how many other people you can help do the thing. It keeps you hungry. Keeps me hungry. Like when I made that transition just for myself and you know, it's so funny, man. And I was having this conversation, I think with Wes. Every person I bring on this show, and it is we attract those type of people that come on the show. I don't ask people to come on the show. I attract that through, you know, it could be just my directing my thoughts into a positive outlet and putting out the really like a polarizing out a certain frequency into the universe that it keeps coming back at me. That I only bring on fire guests. 
and they'll yeah, go. We're talking that frequency talk, man. And I love it, man. I love it because it's true. Like, you know, and, and I know you do this as well. It's like in the morning times you sit there and you meditate and you go through your like daily ritual. Yeah. That is an essential part of growth. If you don't know what's happening within your own mind and you can't direct those thoughts into a positive outlet, then you're, you're set up to fail. 99.9% .9 of people fail because they're not alone in their own thoughts. They don't know what's happening. They don't know what they're feeling. Why do they feel this way? Why am I mad at this? Why am I mad at my girlfriend? Why am I mad at my boyfriend? Why do I, like, why do I feel this way? And they touch their damn stupid box and they're controlled by their environment. <laughs> and they wonder why they're, they're not moving in life. I mean, when did you make that transition to start like looking into like maybe the cultivation of silence and that cultivation of self-discovery and why it's important for you and your mind's most impressionable first part of your day? Yeah, there were two instances and I got away from it. The first was when I was in a head-on accident on August mm -hmm. 3, 2005. So head-on with a dump truck. When I wake up after surgery, I'm in ICU. Eventually I get to come home and in that space, because I've been praying for patience before wow. I and then I had to rely on other people to basically do everything for myself because I was in a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. And I, I spent a lot of time by myself thinking about things in the life and how I got where I was and so on and so forth. And the one big takeaway for me in that was if you don't know where you're going, you're not going to like where you end up. Mm -hmm. You're never going to be happy and never going to feel fulfilled in life. Yeah, for 100%. Go ahead. Keep going. I love this. And so... But then I started having success. I thought my career was on a rocket ship and we were just going, going, going. And so I got away from it and I was caught up in all the things and having to be responsive and everything else. And so fast forward to 2010, I get into this, what I consider postpartum depression. I got a six month old kid. Mm -hmm. um, she cries to let me know she's not happy. My wife, ex-wife isn't happy with me. Mm -hmm. um, work sucks. This was right after the 2009 depression and my mentor was laid off and people didn't want to touch me because they knew how close we were. Right. And then the only thing that was good for me was going to football where I was making $2,500 a season mm. coaching high school kids. And, you know, I got this job and I feel like all these things are going well and well compensated making six figures, but my solace is in going to work out in the gym with a mm -hmm. bunch of high school kids and then doing my art on Friday nights, calling plays as a defensive coordinator. Right. Like that. I love that. For me. That brings you back to your core and that's deep in your subconscious of you feeling, I guess that instant gratif instantaneous gratification and, and seeing something happen from your mind and you giving advice to maybe some kids. I, when I went to education sales, I really discovered my purpose in life. I was like, I had no idea what the hell I was on this planet for. And then when I watched that first person that I enrolled into a program, I think it was like six months later, and I watched them graduate from that trade school and the satisfaction on their face and giving me a huge hug. And they never, I, I still remember the first phone call from them when they realize they go, there's no reason I can't, I don't know why I'm doing this. I don't know why I'm doing this. I can't do this. And I'm like, that word can't, you better replace that shit. <laughs> you can do anything you want to us. The biggest lie that we're ever told we could be anything we want, but here's what the little, the bottom print of that saying is if you believe it, but you have to believe it. 
that's a hard thing for people. So when you're sitting there and directing your thoughts and going, you had to get yourself back to, I guess, ground set zero and putting yourself back there. What were some of your thoughts that maybe were challenging you at that time? Or maybe what were some of the indicators that you said, okay, this is where I need to go? Yeah. So this is going to either make people turn this up or they're going to turn it off. Everything got questioned, Chris. Okay. Religion. Simple patterns that we have, rituals. Chris, mm-hmm. I sneeze. Are you going to say bless you, Jerome? Mm-hmm. I don't say bless you. Does that make me rude? No. Why do you say bless you? Why do people say grace before eating fried chicken and drinking cola? Like all of these things. I went back to this place and I said, wow. what do I believe? And what was I programmed to believe? What are my values? Yeah. And once I separated the two, this is what I truly believe. Here are my values. I'm going to live out my values. Wow. If you don't like my values, that's okay. But I know there's one law and it's the law of love. Mm. If I do everything that I do with a person out of love, I can't be wrong. And love and fear are opposites. People think love and hate are opposites. They aren't. Love and fear are opposites. You can't move in love while fearing. Mm -hmm. And so I adopted that one law, simplified my entire life and the way that I interact and deal with people. And then decided that I was going to unabashedly live out my stated values. Did you write some of these things down? I mean, cause I'm, I'm, I'm the kind of person where when I was going through, I guess my, the most challenging moments in my life yeah. of really investigating and challenging, why do I feel this way? Why do I, I mean, why do I like the color blue? But, but when I was young, when I did discover, I really liked the color red, but my mom liked blue and she would put blue on me because I had blue eyes and it made my eyes really blue. I actually found that out. I was like, I really like the color red, but see my point. Like I had to write all this kind of out and then reverse engineer it to make more sense for myself. Cause if it's laid all out in front of me, I can figure it out. But if that's the, I think problem with a lot of people, they they're so scrambled. It's like they're putting, they're putting a puzzle together, 500 piece puzzle with only 25 pieces at a time. Yeah. And they, and they wonder why they can't figure it out. Like, what were some of those, like, did you write it out? Like, what was your process of you guess coming up with the right way for you to make more sense of your values? Yeah. So it started with a couple of those quake books, right? So first it was the four agreements. I adopted the four agreements, started living those out and that impeccable with your word just kept coming up over and over and over again not taking things personal over and over and over again and allowed me to move past some of the past hurt. From there, I moved to the Celestine Prophecy and learned Mm -hmm. about control dramas and how people will do things based on their childhood in order to create some type of effect or result. And then from there, I started writing, right? Here, I had this thing called a thought of the day and I would send it out to 50 people via email. And just like, here is what I'm thinking about today and asking one of those, you know, thought provoking questions at the end to get people to ponder on a specific thought on a given day. Those things right there took me 2010 to 2012. And then in 2012, I drove three hours to a funeral for a classmate of mine and a teammate of mine 
who just passed away kind of suddenly. And on that drive, I asked myself this question and it, it hit home for me, like on a different level. If this guy could die at 30, what did I do to deserve to continue to live? Because wow. I, mean, I hit that dump truck head on, right? I was going 55 miles an hour. Like I, I should have been gone. In fact, when after like it happened, somebody walked up to my window while I'm sitting there holding the steering wheel still with the dashboard pressed on my legs, broken, right? And says, he's dead, he's dead. Now I got glass in my arm, I, I'm bleeding all over the place, airbags got blood all over it. And I look at the person, I'm like, I'm not dead, can I use your phone, right? Let me call, because my parents were at my house, let me call mm -hmm. my dad and let him know what's going on. And they're like, you're bleeding, I, I'm not gonna let you use my phone. Anyway, all right, so call him, tell him this, right? Fast forward to this, so I'm driving, and it's like, what, what do I, what did I do to deserve this additional time? Right? Wow. This is extra seven years. And am I using it in a way that justifies this gift that I've been given, this gift of time, the only non-renewable non yeah. asset that we have? And as I was getting there, I was like, look, I haven't talked to Hambone since the day we graduated from high school. So is this me about me or him? Like, am I going to this funeral for me or am I going for him? Like, what, what's really going on here? And so what I realized, Chris, is I had to live out my life every day as if it was my last. Yeah. Every interaction that I have with somebody, I have to treat it as if this is the last time that I'm going to engage with them because it could be. Like, I knew at that point that I was on borrowed time and that the only way that it was going to live it being my impact, my influence was if I used it in a way that was going to help people do extraordinary things. Mm. And that in and of itself is what wakes me every morning with the other alarm clock. Now is mm -hmm. I ask myself this question now on a daily basis, are they free yet? Right. Wow. For the people who are out here and they want whatever it is, are they free yet? Because the work's not done until they're free. Right. You have to be able to destroy the version of yourself every single day to become the person you should be. I truly believe that statement. You mentioned, uh, you know, your accident. That wasn't an accident. Yeah. Everything's pre-written. People say, well, everything's not pre-written. How is it pre-written? I'm like, it goes in cycles. And you're where you are currently right now. Nothing else matters. Past, your future doesn't matter. Present. Now, that's the only thing matters. And here's something, and when it goes in cycles and everything's pre-written, your life is a complete reflection of the choices and decisions you have made up until this present moment. Say this that, present man. moment's a Say gift. Again. Right? Your life is a complete reflection of your decisions and choices that led you right here to this present moment, and that's a gift. So you have to appreciate the good and bad because it goes in cycles. And if you wait long enough, maybe it goes and you go around that whole trip around the sun, you know, every year. And if you're lucky enough, you get to the next year. Well, your options start to like evaporate on this choices and decisions you can make. And this is something that I really, I truly, truly believe to like inside the true essence of myself, like all the way down to the nucleus of me. I believe that at any given moment, you can change everything. And it starts with your thought.
but you have to believe in that thought that you can see the positive and believing in abundance. And that's that shift that I want to talk about just for a second. And we can loop back that belief in that belief in abundance for you. And then you trying to polarize out and attract wealth into your life. That is the exact reason why you're in this state right now. That is the exact reason. Who did, did you just come to that, that shift of believing abundance, but because of the, the three hour car ride, did you go three hours one way and then three hours back? And so six hours. Yeah. So three. So when did you come to that? Did you, that shift when you started looking at life and anything is possible and everything's, there's enough air we breathe, enough money we make. Cause there's, there's enough out there for everyone. Everyone, because everybody's not willing to tap into it. Right. Okay. And so it was there. I got there three hours early, right? I got there at nine. It didn't start till noon. So I went and I, I went back to my old house. And so at this mm-hmm. time I'm living in a 6,000 square foot house, right? I, I went back to the house I grew up in. It was 1,100 square feet, right? And I just sat outside in the yard, you know, nobody, my parents weren't living there anymore. And my grandma hadn't moved in yet. So it was just there vacant. And I'm just like, this is where I came from. Like this fits in my house five times, six times. And I've been able to do all these things already. Like I've, I've been just so fortunate, so fortunate. What else is there? Mm-hmm. And is it even about this or is it about something else? And I realized one thing really quickly at that point. One, it's not even about the things. It's mm-hmm. about the people, right? And it's about the your positive impact on those people. Yeah. And being super, super, super selective about who you make that investment in, because again, time is the most valuable resource that you have. Right. And so taking stock every day, every every day, every single day. And, you know, I, today, as I journal, I finished it a couple of hours ago, right. I have to look at the day before and I make a bunch of promises on what I'm going to do on that day. At the beginning of the day, I make promises to myself. The next morning, I have to go. Say it again. Say it again. Make promises to who? Myself. That's right. That's where it starts, right? That's the self-image piece of it. And we can dive in. And once you you break that promise, what you're doing is you're letting your subconscious mind know that it's okay to break a promise to yourself. And so I I, let me go deep on that because I I, I got a story on how that just... I saw the impact of it when I made promises to other people. And so eighth grade, Jarrell was somebody I went to school with from like second grade. I still remember we were in class one day, he shot a rubber band at me, hit me in my eye. I'm sitting there crying, everybody's <laughs> picking on me. But we get to eighth grade and we're, we're teammates. And my mom used to take me to the high school football game at one of the you know popular high schools. And I told him, hey, we're going to pick you up for the game. And I didn't call him. And me and my mom just went to the game. Saturday morning, I get phone calls. Jarrell's dead. What do you mean? Uh, he was playing Russian roulette and drinking, and he lost. What? And so I I, I didn't call him. Hmm. That sits with me to this day. I, I, I told him I was going to do something. I didn't do it, and he's not here. Now, maybe he still would have played after the game, or maybe he told me he didn't want to go to the game, but I, I didn't do what I, I said I would do. 
Right. And so that, you can use that as a catalyst, but you can use that as, or you don't, don't just carry your baggage. And that's my next question with that one point. And I don't want to make, I'll let you keep finishing your the story. Cause I think it's a, a powerful story. Yeah. And just where I think a lot of people suffer is they, they get stuck into the regret and they're carrying that baggage, but not letting that baggage be a catalyst. Without question. And Without that's question. powerful. Yeah, go ahead. That's where we go. Right. And so it was then that I said, I'm always going to keep the promises that I make to myself first because if i make the promises to myself and i keep those promises it's easy to keep them to other people right we can rationalize breaking a promise to ourselves, right nobody else knows so all you have to do is look in the mirror and say oh yeah well you know give yourself grace move on then this is what people do on the other side of that they're not kind to themselves they tell themselves how stupid they are Mm -hmm. and how they can't ever do anything right and that negative self-talk perpetuates and then they spiral versus oh not you still got opportunity go do it again and right. And then when the lights, when the lights turn off and when they're in their and they're alone in their own thoughts or alone in their own time when no one's watching, they're not putting in the work. And what happens is you get exposed in the bright lights when you don't do the, do the work. You get exposed, homie. You get exposed. Everything you do in the dark comes out in the light. Right. Everything. Yeah. I, I, you know, and just to put a pin on that just real quick, and you, you touched on something you talked about, you know, spaceships, right? And I'm going to drop a little UGK, right? Spaceships don't come with rearview mirrors. They dip, right? So when you're dipping, you're going, yes, where you need to. Now you're setting goals and we're making promises for myself. And I know that we have a very, very, very similar outlook in life when it comes to things like this. That's when I've like, I pushed myself into like crazy numbers and crazy like growth is that I know exactly where I'm going, but I'm good with not getting there yet. But eventually I'm going to get there. And I'm going to keep blasting through these levels and layers because I, that's what's needed. I'm addicted to growth. I'm addicted to growth. If I'm not growing, you're dying. So that's the way that my mind works for me. Flat line. The flat line is death, right? And then Stagnant. Yep. Right. Straight down. So I'm with you a thousand percent. So when you're, when, when you're making those promises and say, for instance, you're making a promise for yourself and you know, there's some days are better than others. Let's be real. We're humans. We're not like machines. We're not spaceships, right? We don't have a rocket to us, but what gives us our, our fuel is the times where our greatest like achievements in life don't come from your greatest memories. No. So I look at the times where I've actually failed myself and that motivates me more, but everyone's different. I mean, does that motivate you more when you don't fulfill on the promise to yourself? I mean, like, damn, I fell short. Like, what is your, how do you go back and measure and reassess that? I mean, what is your thought process behind you taking maybe some of your shortcomings and failures? Like, you know, obviously the small ones, the only person that knows is you, right? Yeah. But what is your thought process behind that? Like, what is your go-to and how do you get to the outcome that you're trying to get to? Yeah. It's the only way you learn. Right. Okay. You don't learn anything when it's successful, right? You learn Mm -hmm. everything when it doesn't work. Even if you say, oh, well, the reason why I know it doesn't work because of X. And I'll give you a really simple, silly example. I got a guy that's a part of our, our coaching program and he's looking to get his rest and heartbeat down. And I, I used to walk 12,500 steps every day to maintain health. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't getting anywhere. I was plateaued. I was flat. And I, I wanted it to go down. And so I started running. And I was like, look, you walking isn't going to get you what you want because your heart rate's not getting high enough. And mm-hmm. so it's not going to drop down your rest and heartbeat. 
and I know because I went down that path already. Right. I think and, like six. Is it how long did you do? Like six miles for? Is it six days a week? And then you did it for what a couple of years? And then you started running, right? Yep. Yep. And so, and now I run six miles. I had to do it before I got on with you, so I could just mm-hmm. show up and actually be me. Right. The the thing with it though is the only way that I knew that answer was going down that hallway and okay. finding out that at the end of the hallway that hey, this wasn't here, but there's a door over here that I didn't even know about had I not walked down the hallway because the door was closed. Mm-hmm. I open up the door and walk in that one and then go into the new room. And that's right. what people are scared of. They like, Oh, well, it's just a straight line. I should just go from here to here. They like having that navigation system on their phone, right? They like GPS, but when it comes to life, they don't want to talk to anybody that's been on the other side that gives them that alternative perspective. Because it's going to take them longer. It's going to take them longer looking for that fast. They're looking for that quick fix. Yep. There's no hack. There's no shortcuts, right? And it's funny because I say I coach the people who don't need coaches, right? The people who are going to be successful anyway, but they're the ones who already know that they get the most out of life by having somebody out there that's vested in them and they can get offered a perspective that they wouldn't normally consider. Right. Somebody right. else that has that flashlight is like, yeah, I know what's over there. Mm-hmm. How do you know it's over there? I've been there already, bro. Right. Okay. This is a good, this is a good moment. <laughs> I think for a lot of people and I hope the listeners is going to pay attention to this. I, and I, 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 how do I put this? You know, like in coaching and I'm talking, I'm just going back to sports for me. If I show them what to do and then show them how to do it and they're not going to, it's not going to be beneficial for them to really make an impact. But if I ask a lot of questions and I kind of give them some ideas on what they should do, yeah. then they come to their own decision-making process and I watch them like take their results and go to crazy numbers or just in sports. So they'll get to they'll do what they needed to do. They'll put a blindfold on them. I'll just shine a light. Boop, it's been there the whole time. I can't tell you it's there. You have to be able to go through it yourself. That's going to make it more impactful for you, even if you fail. And I, I watched Kobe Bryant say this in one of the um, series that he lost. Mm-hmm. And I had a different, um, I guess you would say memory when I seen it the first time. And this is back when Shaq was still playing with them and they lost or some, something happened and they lost. And then Kobe was like sitting there and he had a look on his face of like, he wasn't mad that he failed. He wasn't mad that they lost. He was He's like, I'm going to work myself. He's just like, he's like, I, I got to go. I got to, I'm right when I'm done with this interview, bro, I'm working for the next season. And that's what he was saying. Like, I'm going to learn so much. I'm going to work myself into exhaustion. And this will never happen again. Ever. Ever. And this is the piece where I think a lot of people start negotiating. You start negotiating the price, right? Everything that you want has a price of admission. Yep. The minute that you start negotiating whether or not it's really worth paying that price is a minute that it escapes you. Mm -hmm. Right. It costs what it costs. Pay it and be good playing. Be excited to pay it because you said that's what you wanted. Mm -hmm. You do that. So what is what is some of the negotiation (laughs) things that pop into your head? So I'll give you an example from this morning. Super practical, really low level, but it, it just drives this point home. I, I, I track my, my runs with my watch. I'm not allowed to look at the watch to see how far I went. 
it goes off when I get there. Okay. When I hit six miles, it goes off. That's when I can look at it or figure out where I am and decide where whether I want to stop or not. Right. And that, that that's just a, a great example. Another one is like, do I really need to work this hard? Mm-hmm. Right. You you start on a project, Chris, you built a business, a big business. I'm sure you thought it was going to take X amount of time in order to get it done. It took longer. I'm mm-hmm. sure you thought it was going to cost X amount of money to get to the place where you needed to get to. It costs more. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter how conservative you are. There's always just a little bit more where it stretches and pulls you. And the moment that you negotiate whether or not you can keep going or you're willing to keep going is the moment that you potentially lose it all mm-hmm. instead of just going through it. Like whatever it takes in order for you to become that person, because it's not so much the time or the money It's have you elevated yourself to that person? Have you elevated the vibration, the frequency to actually be the one that's able to be the steward over this thing that you have? Right. And if you haven't done that, you're not going to have it. Period. And I know that the listeners are probably listening to what we're talking about right now. And I'm like, well, damn, this is going to be hard. Of course it's going to be hard. Of course it's going to be hard. It's supposed to be. This shit doesn't happen overnight. <laughs> this does not happen over. I mean, I'm getting a lot of messages now. I'm like, oh my God, how'd you get your podcast to get to this level and doing this? And then that? yeah, I'm like, Bro, like the first couple of seasons, it comes from like 15 years of putting and developing my own methodology into what worked for me, not what worked for that company, program, product, service. I actually still remember the conversation I had with my last CEO ever. This is what he said to me. He walks in my office, bro. Listen to this shit. I was the first one in, last one out in that company for about six months. First one in. Last one out. First one in, last one out. And he's like, I really appreciate you working as hard as you are for me. And, and this, I like, you think this shit's for you? <laughs> you think this shit's for you? This isn't for you. This is for me. I'm putting in the work. I'm putting in the grind. I'm put, I'm, I'm learning things about myself right now. And I need to set the tone for everybody else. But then now I've learned that I don't lead by example anymore. I don't have to. I got to keep flying that damn plane. I got to keep moving. And if you're not on that way of thinking, then you're building the plane. And it's okay to build the plane. But I'm going to fly this bitch. (laughs) So I'm over here. I'm I'm not in a position anymore. I can hire people to train you how to build. Until you're ready. And then they start asking me explicit questions and situational questions. Then I know that for that way of thinking. And then now I'm going to help you. Yeah. You got to get yourself here. Like, I, I don't lower my standards, bro. Like, here are my standards. Right. Here are my standards. Here's where you are right now. No offense. But in order for me to get you here, I'm not coming down here. No. I'm going to do everything in my power to give you the tools that you're going to need to develop yourself, your skill, honing in your craft, to get your ass here. And when you're here, it's a good chance I might be here by then. But it's all good. I'm going to do everything in my power to keep you motivated even during the times when you go i don't know why the hell am i doing this why am i working this hard because it's supposed to be hard like if i don't have if i don't have resistance today bro like i gotta go back to the drawing board and ask myself why am i losing because i'm not gonna lose a day 
I'm going to lose later. Like where there's no resistance. Like there's nothing stopping me. That's when I have to really hold myself in check. I'm like, all right, I need to go and I need to find someone that's thinking on this type of way and looking for this explicit knowledge. I, I don't just talk to people and say, this is what you should do. I live this, eat, breathe, and sleep. And I, I've lived this every day. You got to eat your own dog food, baby. You, you got to eat it. You have to eat it. If you're not eating it, you can't be authentic. You can't You can't help anybody go to the next level if you're not going to the next level on a daily basis. Right. You got to live it out. And sometimes it's a subtle things. And I heard that in some of your content about your, you know, your hair, you're really like cut, like clean cut, yeah. shaved face. Yeah. Right. And you started growing your hair and being a little bit more authentic and what actually made you happy and brought you joy and brought you, made you feel a little bit more comfortable in your own skin. Right. In your own self, your true essence of yourself is when you started not giving a shit and you just started doing what you needed to do. Like I, walk, I, walk I, your I, listeners I, through that. Look, man, I, I don't encourage everybody to do this, right? Let, let, let's be clear, right? I, I graduated 3.9 with an engineering degree. I, I got a license as an engineer if I want to practice. I got a project management professional certification. I got an MBA. Like, if credentials matter, I probably got the one you want me to have. Mm -hmm. right? So I don't encourage everybody to do what I've done. But I've done the things that I think allow me to show up the way that I show up. I, I wanted to grow my hair out. I, I wanted to have locks. That was important for me. I remember specifically sitting with my mentor and saying that I wanted to do that. He said, yeah, I might do that too after I retire. I was like, mm. I don't. It's a whole different way of thinking. That was a limiting belief right there. I don't I don't think I want to have to wait until <clears throat> I retire to do this. And it's funny because, you know, I, I sit with guys who lose their hair and they're like, yeah, man, I'm jealous of your hair. I, I wish I could grow my hair out now, but it's gone. It's like. So back to this thing of, I've got so much time. This is how I wanted to show up. And here's the fact of the matter. Like I was at a corporation that had 17,000 employees, one African-American executive. It didn't matter what leadership meeting I went into. I was the youngest and I was the only African-American that was in the meeting, mm -hmm. right? That by itself made me stand out. I was different. So right. for me, did it make a difference if I was clean shaven or had a short haircut? No. They still saw me as African-American if they were looking at color, but was my work able to speak for myself? Were the results that I was able to create able to speak mm -hmm. for themselves and rival whoever I was sitting across the table from? Absolutely. And that was what I wanted. I wanted to be based on the merit of the work. And it's the it, impact. It's the impact. It has nothing to do with the, the pieces of paper and the things and accomplishments. And It's the impact. I want to make an impact like I'm cutting through freaking butter with a hot, I'm a hot knife. I'm gonna cut right through that shit and I'm gonna make an impact. That's my way of thinking. And that's your way of thinking. And the ones that I've, I'm at the top 1% of the 1% and they all think like this. Same way. They that's all think way. like this. So if you're thinking about this shit at home right now and you're listening to this and you go, man, this shit's hard. This shit, whatever. <laughs> okay. Let's stop dreaming of something you can't accomplish. You, you, you talked about that with your human, your own show. You have a dream, you know, dream catcher and a dream chaser. Which one are you? Period. Period. I mean, you, this perpetual motion of, I got to go get to this new thing. I got to go get to this new thing. Catch something. Mm -hmm. Right. Actually achieve the thing that you set out for. Then go get something else. Right. That'll give you more. That'll give you more. That'll give you more confidence. You ever would imagine so much more confidence, bro. Like, 
I, I'm in board meetings, man, and these people look at me like I'm a ch- like they when I bear first impression. But here's the thing: I don't even need to say anything right now. They feel that vibration and they know no, I'm not the one. Nope. <laughs> you know what I mean? But they look and they ask me for advice. Yep. You're talking about 200, 300 million dollar earners, bro. Yeah. Go, Chris. What do you think? What do you think? Here's what I think. Here's what I think, and they'll go. Hmm. I didn't think about that. You're right. But that's the impact. And from that impact, and it could be just that subtle, I agree. And then they'll change the format. They'll change the agreement. They'll change the structure and maybe the upright, taking a lower percentage, getting more stock, looking at it that way. How can they feed their staff more? Is it going to increase their quality of life? Is it going to make an impact in their own communities? Is it going to give some kid maybe a, a chance at a normal life where he can go to another school that he wouldn't get that type of education because you're in the South and you, you know, it is, I mean, let's be real. People say there's, <laughs> there's not a lot, there's no racism. Like, are you, I'm, I grew up in the South. Okay. And I grew up in the South as an Italian, you know what I mean? Growing up. So I knew the other side of it and people just say, Oh, you're white. You know, <laughs> I would hear it. I would hear it. And it's real. Yeah. It's real. Especially if you think about it, if you're not, you don't have the right people around you, your surroundings, you can go to the best school in the world. But if you can't communicate to the people in that school, then it's not going to do anything for you. Anything. you got to be able to be like a freaking, like um, just mold to anything. And I learned that a lot and that's emotional intelligence. And I wanted to touch on that with you. For sure. How much is, how much when during your self-discovery, okay. And you going back and you're asking yourself really difficult questions. Yeah. And I know how much work you put in because it shows. You don't need to tell me. It shows. And I feel that vibration. Okay. But I want to, I want the listeners to really catch on to this. When you're going back into that time and you're kind of like re-anchoring certain emotions and then trying to like, okay, what's not working? What's this working? What's this working? How much growth on a emotional intelligence side do you think that you actually acquired during that time? It's got to be infinite. Right. right. Before I was, it was the numbers. I, I was an engineer, right? Just yep. X plus Y equals Z. Boom, boom, boom. Now it's like, oh, you're having a bad day. Let's let's talk about that before we talk about any of this other stuff. Gage in a room. Yep, absolutely. You okay? Did I do something to you or did that come from somewhere else? Can we talk about that? Does anybody care? Does anybody ever ask you how you're really doing? Or Wait for the response, yeah. Move to the next thing, right? Is that just a passive greeting? No, I actually care. And what I saw was when you start treating, especially the super high income earners, treating them like people instead of the firemen that most people treat them as or mm-hmm. firewomen is just like, hey, here's a problem. I need you to fix it. I don't know what to do here. The whole dynamic of the relationship changes. Yeah. And they start asking the question, well, what do you think? Or I'm dealing with this. You have any perspective on that? Yeah, I do. Here's my experience. Mm-hmm. I I don't have that experience. This is helpful. Thank you. Wow. Value. Wow. I got three or four different questions just from what you said. And not to put my staff in this mix. But my executive assistant, Carolyn, which I think you've been in contact with a couple of times, I'm telling you, she could run her own business right now. Just in, and she's so appreciative yeah. of being, just being around 
me for five years. She didn't start off just in a, she just started off as an assistant and she just worked herself into that role and took the role from everyone else. She'll even look at some of the questions or some things that they bring to her. Like she's my, she's my buffer. Like I don't, even directors, they don't bring it to me. They bring it to her. And she goes, you really want me to go ask Chris this question? You know, like, what do you think he's going to tell you? That's, uh, that's something right there. You can't put a price tag on ever, ever. And that's why I, and Carolyn, if you're listening to this, she listens to everything and I love her to death. If you're listening to this, I appreciate you more than I words because that what she's doing is she's creating more time for me. Yeah. Cause she knows that's my zone of genius. I'm gonna stay over here. And that's where the emotional intelligence is going to, well, can transform everything for you. And I didn't know this drum, be honest with you, man. I, I didn't know. I always knew that I, I did acquire the emotional intelligence from a very young age. And I didn't realize how much I had to do with my older sister to pass away. And bro, I'm telling you, man, like, I was on a phone with um this, uh, her, her name's Shannon. She's a PhD uh, trauma specialist. And she was asking me, I was on her show and she was asking me questions. And I come to the realization that, yeah, it was about that, but it was about that she couldn't communicate with me verbally. And I grew up in a crib with her and I was communicating and knowing what she needed from me, that connection. And that's why I, that's how I'm able to do what I do. And I've come to that realization, like, holy shit, 39 years. I, I mean, yeah, I, I was on that surface level thinking, yeah, it came from a lot of this stuff. But that's what that was huge for me, man. Being able to anticipate what the other person needs. And it, I assume you'll have some people who say, are, are you like psychic? Right? Oh, yeah. No, I. that was funny. You just said that. You, you think this is an accident. We're having this conversation about this. Two weeks before that conversation and me going on that show, I actually met a psychic. So <laughs> I had a conversation with this person and I'm not going to disclose her name yet because she's coming on the show. And she goes, and I'm telling you, 30 seconds into the phone call, bro. She goes, have you ever like take some, took some time to like really go into like self-discovery and maybe explore the idea that maybe you might be a little bit more psychic than you actually think and know? Because I'm getting a real strong vibe from you. She goes like that's, And I was like, no, no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. I never would have think that I'm psychic. But it's about how I'm able to gauge your room and I, you do it effortlessly, bro. You see what I'm saying? And you're able to take coming from the backgrounds we come from. I mean, we are, you know, I grew up in South Carolina and you're in North Carolina, wrong Carolina, but still in that South in that area playing ball. And we're, we're raised very similar. For you sure. know what I mean? In the South. For sure. Very, like very strong, like, I guess, culture, very strong genes, values, core, like those core values mean everything to me. And if you're not on that type of chin of music, and you're not speaking my language, then I, I just not much I can really say. No room for you. <laughs> when you're using your emotional intelligence, and I learned this through time. Now I like, you know, of course I'm on a show and I, and I have to like sprinkle some things in and frame things for listeners. And, and, and I like to talk. Yeah, of course. But it's about being able to speak last sometimes. For sure. And knowing what to say to make an impact and, and cutting through the bullshit and the noise. I'm a little bit more expressive when I'm on a show rather than I'm in a board meeting where I'm actually doing my job. But I like to really gauge what's really happening and what they're not telling me. Careful. Like, 
Kevin. Like, what are you not telling me? Look. And why are you not telling me this? Look. And why do you think I'm stupid? You know what I mean? And so, Chris, you're from South Carolina. You know about country dumb, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can be country dumb. I can pretend to be dumb just like a rich person can pretend to be broke, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I saw that move five moves ago, and I knew that was coming, so I did this already. Right. right. And this is the great part about showing up the way that I show up is people don't know what to do with it. And like, I never, I try not to show them. I try not to show my cards and show my strength because I know that they're going to hold back if they pick up on it. So I'll drop little subtle things like, you know, go, well, I need this and I need that. I need this. And I'll hand someone else a piece of paper. I'm like, hand them that. That's what they're looking for. You know what I mean? They'll go, I, I need to look for this answer. And I'm looking, I can't, f-. you're just too close to it. Yeah. You got to take your step back and looking at it in a bird's eye view. Yeah. And, and that's been my saving grace in life, bro. Is I, you, you touched on something and did, a, I'm going to do a huge loop back and I pay attention to everything you say, but you said you were searching for patience. Yeah. That's something we were very similar on. Yeah. I, I just wanted patience and that patience led me to peace. Just straight Pete. I just, all I want, I, I said that I've been saying that for over a year now and my self-discovery my, in my, I get mind, body, spirit in the morning. I'm breaking everything down. You know how you say the things you want to manifest yeah. and only thing I can come to my mind and only thing I can come to me and directing those, like you can't control your thoughts. You can direct them, right? It's just peace. And that neocortex slowing down time, like I, that means I'm pulling that information. It's coming from my deep, my subconscious. I'm just searching for peace. I just want to be at peace in everything. That's it. And it's crazy because my my buddy just made a five figure investment in his business that he's starting off, and he's telling me all the things. I was like, but do you have peace with your decision? Wow. Are you at peace? Because if you're at peace, then everything's going to work out. Peace of mind, yeah, too. The moment that you're doing something and it's chaotic. That's the moment that you need to back away, back to you said, right? Step away from it and look at it from the bird's eye view. When I coached, I would always go up on top of the box, right? Everybody's like, no, you need to be on the field. You're, you're second in command. Feeling it, yeah. No, I need to remove myself from the situation so that I can do my art. And that, for me, is the way I think about life. Anytime something gets hectic, anytime something gets chaotic, back Slow away. it down slow it down and then see what you were missing because it's chaotic because you were trying to force it mm-hmm. instead of letting it work. And that's the difference between like really like leaning into resistance and knowing when to lean into that resistance and when to pull off the resistance when it's too much noise and vibration coming and because all that pressure comes from the outside. It comes from outside it's like, you got to be at your home, my peace, my heart, my heartbeat, everything. I need to, I need to make sure that I'm beating on, on that drum. And it's like, it's like harmony music when I'm moving in that, pe- that place. And when I'm in that space and I'm holding space and when I'm like that synergy with someone else or a company, I'm going to, I'm going to keep feeding into that. But when it, when it's off, I know when it's off Of course. and I'm like, today's not the day, but tomorrow might be. Right. You know what I mean? Like we got it tomorrow. Don't worry. And that's the whole thing is like when people go to set goals or hitting their targets, I set targets 
and daily tasks to get me to the overall goal for that day and those promises that you make to yourself, yeah. very similar. And if I don't hit those, I need to re measure and reassess to get me to the outcome that I'm looking for, because my outcome isn't that outcome. I'm going to go blow past that shit. So yeah. if I'm not going to get, if I can't get close to that outcome and what I have to do is a must for me today, I'm not going to make that move. I can't make that move because if I make that move today, I'm looking for a shortcut and shortcuts only lead to dead ends, but like they only lead to dead ends. And only it costs, it costs more and it takes you longer every time. Yeah. And it's going to piss you off. It's going to piss you off. Like, especially when he goes, let's, let's talk about that just for a second. Cause it's obviously making investments, right? That's yeah. difficult for people. Yeah. When they go to make an investment, they're looking for a huge payday. My best investments I've made over the last probably like 18 months, Jerome, to be honest with you, are the best ones I've made, the ones I didn't make, and the ones that I made in actually bad companies. I'll let that sink in for the listeners just real quick. Why would I invest into a bad company? He learned so much. Here we go. Because you get there's more return on investment. They're desperate for me. They're desperate for this investment. They're desperate for this X, Y, Z. And if I have the secret sauce and I know what they're actually capable of doing because they don't see their true potential, they don't see the growth, they don't see the capital gain, they don't see the profit share and obviously taking it public and doing all the different things. They don't see all that. I see it because of this and my exposure. It's about exposure. Those are the best investments that I've made. And they'll go, I didn't even know that was possible. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> But it's all good. But that I teach them, you know, and it's not just me, bro. It's it's everybody that I'm in contact with. Like it's a I'm a shared legacy on every person I've ever been in contact with, directly or indirectly. I'm a shared legacy. I am there's not I'm not self-made. No one is self-made. No one. No one. When they say that delusional. You're like, you lot, you are like, are you a fucking narcissist? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's a me, 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 me. And I believe that that's another thing we can talk about that a lot of people, they think that narcissist is a bad thing and they're using what it is, is they're selfish and they're not, they don't take accountability for their own actions. Yeah. Everyone has narcissistic tendencies, but what you do is when you act on them during the times when the lights go off, that's when it is. Like when you're looking that, when you look for the intention, like what are your, what are, what are your, What's your way of thinking when it comes to that type of, you know, cause you hear a lot of it right now, especially with, I guess when people get in their bitter relationships after a relationship, all oh, that motherfuckers are narcissist. <laughs> well, like, do I'm like, do you realize that I was in the same relationship with you and you never said sorry for anything? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> never. And I'll never get it. <laughs> like what's your way of thinking? What is your take on that? I, I think the thing that I probably got the most value from over the past five years is learning how to be humble. Wow. And know okay. that there's absolutely nothing wrong with saying, I'm sorry. Like, cause like my value, like my narcissism is being right. Like people okay. come because they need the answer that's going to work. Ego, ego, ego. I mean, we're so similar. Ego, right. ego, ego. Yep. I pride myself on being right. Right. And getting the last word. And getting the last word. What? Go ahead, please. I, I, I had to do it on purpose just to drop that there. So yeah. <laughs> if somebody is paying me to coach them mm-hmm. and they're looking for guidance, they're looking for somebody to take them down that path, they're counting on me to be right. 
I take extreme pride in giving them great guidance, giving them the prescription so that they can get beat whatever the issue is that they're dealing with. When I'm wrong, I'm overly apologetic because mm-hmm. I know that person trusted me and they may have not taken their own intuition and went with something I suggested that they do. And you, fa- so, you feel like you failed them. Without question. And it's so rare that when it happens, it destroys everything. It's like, okay, I got to build down. I, I wasn't doing the work I needed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Like, I got to get back to that level so that I can offer to them. I ra- much rather it not work for me. I can't guide myself yeah. to my own superhero. 100%. Than having one of the superheroes that I work with come to their guide for that input and not be able to, to get the right answer. And wow. So, you know, I, I just go to a different level. And so staying humble, but knowing like when you actually are what you are. And I got a question for you. I got a question for you. And and this goes exactly where you're going. And and I'm just curious because I want to pick your brain on this because people want to come to me for, you know, for me always being right, I guess, in certain situations and feeling it engaging and, and looking for advice. Yeah. But I held myself accountable to that, sort of asking for the outrageous at the beginning to hold myself accountable to that. Okay. I know when it's different when you're looking at investments, you're, you know, investing into buildings and, and those types of portfolios and real estate and whatnot, right? No, creating generational wealth. Right. But when it's a little different when you're looking at education, looking at different ways of obviously making, you know, ROI or taking their business public, whatever, right? But when I ask for outrageous, because I'll go, listen, I'm going to ask for this. But if you get here, I don't want any of that. I'm going to take a percentage and you're going to give me stock. Yeah. And they'll go, what? Yeah. I don't want your thing. I just want my fee. Yeah. And I want you to have all of it. And I want everybody you know. (laughs) You know what I mean? And and I, I said this on Meltzer's podcast. Um, that he was like, say that rule, say that again, say that again. I'm like, I don't say like my, my job when I was in sales and I still do it nowadays. I'm in, I'm, everyone's in sales. You got to come to that realization, come to that, you know, understanding that everyone's in sales. Everyone's in sales. If you don't believe me, go read Daniel H pink to sell as human. You'll know what I'm talking about. Okay. Everyone's in sales. But when I, he talked about it, he goes, why do you love what you do so much? I'm like, it's not that I love what I do so much is I'm holding myself to a very high standard. And the only way for me to be at that standard and, and be able to make an impact that I do, I don't sell to the person. I sell through that person. And I'm selling through that person to every person they know because their relationships that they have directly or indirectly, that's their own personal relationship. So they have to sell them that I'm the person of influence and I'm the person that's going to solve their problem, right? That's what we're all after, right? Solving my damn problem. Well, and first, and you talked about that red pill and this big thing on your shirt, you got to diagnose the fucking problem. It's malpractice, bro. You got to come get the prescription, baby. (laughs) Right. People come to me like, oh, (laughs) I love when they tell me this. I love when they tell me this shit. And I love breaking down phone calls. It's one of my favorite things to do is breaking down phone calls with reps. What did I do wrong? Everything. What do you mean? Everything. Like they'll, they'll, they'll make a phone call and it's just the beginning of their little overhype and over whatever. And then they try to, and then they, they skip the part of going, how are you doing? Ask the question. Like, where are you at in the world, man? Like what's going on in your world? Is it raining? Is it fucking cold outside? Like what's happening, man? Like what? T- I mean, I try to put myself 
in their world, man. Like they're if they're in a car. What color is your car? When did you get that car? What's your insurance like? I'm I'm just a curious individual because I need to see what you see right. to be able to feel what you feel. Yeah. And when I'm able to feel what you feel, you don't need to tell me what you want. Game over. I make it my job to know what you want without you telling me. That's my job. Antis your job is for me to be able to diagnose the problem. Yeah. Why are you trying to get to here when you need to get to here? And they'll go, I never thought about that before. I'm like, I know. I'm here now. Something you did in your past has led you to here, <laughs> right? <You're, laughs> congratulations. I'm here now. Are you really going to get on the phone with me? Are you really going to get into this meeting and you're going to talk about this bullshit? Because it's not going to help you. At all. And I'm like, here's a pill. Take it. I don't even know what color it is. <laughs> They're like, take this and call me in the morning. It better be red. And I, I sometimes I'll tell people, I'll convince people why they are going to be broke. This is the reason why you're going to be broke for the rest of your life. So you better do something else. Right. I'm like, I can continue to keep talking to you. As long as you don't hang up, I'll talk to you. No, you but don't. I got seven more minutes of this meeting. What you do with those seven minutes is on you. Maybe you can ask me questions. <laughs> You've ever had that kind of like an encounter? They'll ask you questions. But if they're asking you too many questions, they, they're so unclear on what they actually want in the first place. Yeah. But it's the questions they ask you. Like, what are some of your frames of questioning when you're kind of like really gauging what your clients are looking for? Oh, I, I start there. What do you want and what's keeping you from having it? Okay. Pretty simple, right? If they can't answer it, then we got a bigger problem. Right. Right. It's, oh, well, you have zero clarity. Okay. Because there's... Clarity about what you want, and then there's clarity about why you want it. And then mm -hmm. the last piece of clarity you got to get is how you get there. I'm the how guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm the guy that gives you the, the plan to get from where you are to where you want to be. If you don't know what you want, I can help you do the deep inner work in order to figure out what that thing is. And I can help you figure out the why. But the people who I enjoy most and I help get the biggest results, they already know what they want. They already know what the North Star is. You talked about just going on the traveling, like doing the things to get to the thing. They know what the North Star is. I, this is what I want. The thing is, I don't really know why I want it. And the why is only important because when it gets hard and you start negotiating the price, you got to go back to the why. And the why has got to be bigger than the all the why nots, right? It's got to be right. bigger than that. It's got to outweigh and overcome all of those. And then the how. Like what most people do, Chris, is they'll send you off, right? They send you off as a travel agent. Like if I want to go to London, right? They're going to get me on a plane. I'm going to go over there. I want a tour guide. I want them on the plane with me. I want them to show me all the stuff. I want Buckingham Palace and whatever else is out there. I don't, I've never been there. I don't know what's out there. The river. I see the river out there, right? Mm -hmm. And so I, I'm the tour guide. I'm going with them. And it's not because I want to run their journey. Is so that I can point out this and I can point out that. And like, yeah, you don't want to go here. You want to go here. You don't want to have this. You don't want to have this. You want to have to do this. You got You only can experience that type of way of, I guess, forward thinking because you're putting yourself in a forward thinking process. If you're thinking about that, like, I want to go to London. I want to go here. I want to go here. But you're only exposed to certain things. But if you don't know where to go and certain times and certain seasons, then you're going to waste your whole trip. I know this probably with the listeners and, and guys feel free to send us messages with them feedback. And we got to have you on for a Q and a, and I can go longer, 
But the whole thing is that I'm the reason why I'm just kind of framing it for the listeners to, to really grasp this. You have to ask those questions. But here's a here's the button up question at the end of it when I really button their ass up. What are you willing to give up? Ooh, it's not so this is great. I, I appreciate you saying that. I ask them what they want and what's in the way so that I can come back to that question. Okay, you yep. told me what you always want. my last question. What are you willing to give up? I, I ask it differently. I, what's it worth to you? Okay. Yep. Same question. What's mm-hmm. what, what what's it worth to you? I mean, how how important is this? Because if I can't get the person to tell me that they're willing to do whatever it takes, whatever it takes. So what is whatever it takes for you? What is whatever it takes for you? What does that mean for you? And I keep asking questions. I keep asking questions. People go, oh, you're not, I'm, I'm not in sales anymore, but I do sales every day. Every day. I, yeah, just because I own businesses now and I'm, you know, the podcast stuff, I'm bringing on so many people to come on the, on shows and and coming on to the network. And I'm, I'm just so privileged to have so many people believing in, you know, just myself and, and the companies and the, and the people and the partnerships and the people that I have. You know, some of the people that, you know, obviously are in the podcasting network that are helping me and guide the the podcasters to really open their eyes to what they're missing out on of asking the dumbest fucking questions in the world to people on the phone. Like, you know what I mean? The, and I literally have had this. They just send me the questions before. And I'm like, I'm not answering any of these. I'm not answering any of these. But if you ask me these questions, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll get you to where you want to go. What's the outcome that you're looking for? It's always the outcome. And what are you willing to give up? And I'm going to keep asking questions. What, when, why, how? What, when, why, how? I'm going to sprinkle in the how. I'll get to that. And I'm like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about, Chris. I'm like, it's all good. I'm not a fucking genius. I'm not a genius. I just know what works best for me. And it's going to work for a lot of people because success leaves clues. Period. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I heard Tony Robbins say that for the first time, and I went to the event. I always knew who Tony Robbins was, of course. I'm not underneath a rock, but I went to one of his events, and everyone's like shooting water bottles up in the air and doing or like raves and shit. I'm like, I know what he's doing. You know, he's getting everyone in a peak state to go buy a bunch of bullshit. I get it, right? <laughs> everyone's been to an event, right? I get it, man. But when I watched him cut, like he was interviewing someone, I watched him cut through them like butter. With a hot number, I was like, "Whoa, I do that already. I wanted to figure out how to make money from this." And he was good too. He he puts himself, he merges himself so much into their story. He starts crying. That's what we had to feel. But you have to be able to mind where I suffered, and I'm going to ask you. I'm going to reverse this question. Where I suffered from is I would take that shit home with me when I when I didn't give the right advice or I watched them fail or I would take their story with me. Yeah, I couldn't carry that baggage any longer, man. And I wasn't like, that's how I was, I was able to, I didn't know what to do with my energy, bro. When I was off work, I started like self-indulging in alcohol, sort of self and you know, having a good time. I wanted to, I wanted to keep that high of helping people and that energy. Yeah. And I had nothing else to do. I was bored. <laughs> right? So I get off work. I'm like, all right, what do I do? I all oh, go somewhere where people are at and I'll go and talk to them. Like 15 shots go by. I'm like, well, this is not good. <laughs> right. Oh. Like what, where, what's your release? Obviously you're, you know, obviously what you do now and it's a whole ritual for you. It's a, it's a whole thing for myself yeah. included. It's, I have a ritual, man. And it's, I have to go through the whole thing. I can't do bits and pieces. Right. right? 
like what was what was your release on you talked about the 30 months five hours and what 32 minutes and yeah. engineering going into that like what was your release before that it i didn't have one and that was the problem okay right because you start self-destructing what you just described i call self-destruction yeah and so you got to find a healthy outlet and so at most i could offer up going and lifting weights with the kids was the release for me right just yelling screaming throwing up heavy weight pointing at them and challenging their manhood because that's what you do when you're an 18 year old kid right it's part of it but as an adult what i realized is there are so many other things that i could do that would take me to the next level and you, you mentioned it earlier and i think we should it's worth circling back to being alone with yourself in complete silence and not being scared of that is the most freeing thing that anybody can do. It's my favorite part of my day. If you'd have asked me that a year ago, I'd have been like, fuck that, man. I'm not going to sit there. You know what I mean? Like I could do it for a little while, but I'm like, I'm ADHD, man. Like, oh, look, squirrel. Like, oh, look this. That, that's my thoughts right there. I could do it at work. I can do it when I'm working and doing what I need to do, but I wasn't completely eating all my dog food, bro. Well, you know, I, I wasn't, I'm going to be honest. I'm, I'm on it. Like I wasn't. But when you, you talked about putting the, I forget how you, you, you phrased it, but putting the reptile brain over in the corner and sit. Yeah, I tell you to say, you don't I got to give you something to do. I got to give you something to do. I'm going to keep you busy, you dumb son of a gun. I'll give you a book you can't read. <laughs> you got to keep them busy. Turn it upside down. <laughs> Fight, flight, or freeze. I'm, I'm going to, he's going to be frozen for a second. And like, I don't know what this bustle is. I don't know. You got to keep them busy. That's yeah. the ego problem. Yeah. It. I had to keep that son, son of a gun busy. Cause you can't, I mean, the people say they need to destroy your ego. You don't destroy your ego. You just learn how to manage that sucker. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was crazy. I, I wrote a poem back in that time that you're talking about called uh homicide or suicide. Mm. And it ended with the ego must die, but I don't know which one. I don't know if it's homicide or suicide, but it was just me going through this process of getting more humble. It was me getting over myself and realizing like, it's not about you. Like, mm. I think it's about you, but it's not, it's really not about you. And if you can come back, I, I was going deep on like Buddhism and monk stuff. At that I, w I went deep too. I had to, I hadn't even questioned my own religion for a little while. You have to. And I sort of really questioned the narrative. Like, I was like, I was like, I don't get it. I was like, I'm not getting it. I, was like, I literally felt like I can touch, I can see everything I've ever wanted in my life. And I had it in my arm's length. And I couldn't touch it. Yeah, I couldn't get it. It was like a like a dangling a carrot, but I was so I was so bought into my ego that I wasn't I was I didn't allow myself to take stock on what was serving me and what's not serving you, and being mm -hmm. willing to sever the yeah. things that aren't serving you so that there's space for the the new branches to sprout. Hundred percent. I was bought into the identity of being successful. Oh yeah. And I was able to give off the illusion everything was good, right? Like, oh, man, Chris is making money. Chris is doing this. And I'm sure you're the same way, right? So he was like, oh, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. and I'm, I'm fine. But if you're struggling when the lights go off and you're struggling when you're trying to deal with your own bullshit and you're self-sabotaging yourself, I was self-sabotaging everything. There's been relationships that I've had 
in the last 10 years, they've never met me, bro. Never. They met the representative. Yeah. They met their own version of what, whoever they thought I was or whatever they're projecting out in the first place. I, I feel sorry. I mean, the next person that, you know, that I go, I'm in a relationship with, it's just happening. It'll happen one day. And I'm put, I'm attracting that into my life now. That's why I don't look and I'm waiting for stuff to happen. I don't wait for anything to happen now. Yeah. It's already happening. I just got to keep going through the process. Yeah. Time has to catch up with what's already created. Yeah. 100%. And that's where we talked about the everything's pre-written. That's what that saying means. Yeah. You have to put in the work to get to that yeah. and manifest it. And once you're there, you're already you're already looking for the next thing. You're not looking for that one moment. You've got to enjoy those things, right? I, I think mm-hmm. we get so caught up in, okay, what's next? Instead of enjoying the gift of the present. And I think some people are just terrified by the fact that of actually revealing who they are in this space. Okay. They, they've got... I like that. Spain on that for me a second, just for listeners. I know what you mean by that. This is where the shame is, right? Like right now, this isn't the way that I wanted to be. And because it's not the way I wanted to be, I don't want anybody to know. So I'm going to brag about what happened in the past. I'm going to tell you how great my future is. Instead of like right now, it's just not working, right? Mm -hmm. It's hard. And I I don't want anybody else to know that, right? And I'm going to keep you at bay because if I let you in and you really see me, and I know you can see me because you're an empath, then... I'm going to be super uncomfortable and you might tell somebody that the charade yep. imposter syndrome that I have is actually valid. Mm-hmm. Well, let's fix it. Like, what are you going to do about it? I mean, I'll ask, I'll, I'll, I'll actually get to the point to where I'll, I'll ask people questions, like really personal questions, even on like the first time I meet them. I'm like, how long, how many times do you think that you get away with that shit? And like, what? Like, no offense. Like how much, how many, I mean, how many times a day do you think that you actually sell someone on that way of thinking and people buy into what you just said? All day. Don't you? Right. Like, (laughs) nope. Like I, I used to be you. I'm looking at myself right now. You know, like I'm, I'm looking at the version of that frequency on that level and how low it is right now. You know what you're attracting? People attract certain things just to feel something. Yeah. Just to be heard or just to be, just to feel something like um, my cat, right? I have a young cat and this cat, he's got same issue that I've had growing up, fear of missing out. Yeah. And he's searching for attention, like negative attention, still attention. That was me. I, I needed to feel something. So I would probably put something out there and self-sabotage just to feel it, just yeah. to feel the pain. Cause that yeah. pain would motivate me because pleasure doesn't motivate me. Pain motivates me. So I had to feel it. And that's, I caught that cycle of myself. Like, what are some of you, I mean, what are some of your cycles? Like, are you more pleasure side or are you more pain? Oh, pleasure. Like, okay. I, I hit once as a kid, right? Maybe twice. And I was like, enough of that. You tell me what I can have. And it's all achievement based, right? I'm, okay. I'm going to get that. I'm just keep climbing. But what I realized in hindsight in that relationship that ended was, then people could control you with it. Right? Yeah. So Chris, if if I need you to approve what I'm doing, I need you to say I'm doing a good job and you know that you can get me to do just a little bit more by not yeah. telling me that, mm-hmm. then you you withhold that from me. 
Yeah, easy I, to be manipulated in a negative light. I mean, my I, I learned that through my father. He knew how to push the button to yeah. get me to move and push me. And now I learned how to reverse engineer that. But you, you mentioned something like you talked about pleasure. I was like, I'm running a fence of like the pleasure and what I couldn't have and what I can't have. But what I suffered from is like I, I grew up in a world where nothing was enough. Nothing was enough. Yeah. There's nothing was enough. Like, oh, you, I would hear, you can still hear it with some of my family members. Oh, you're lucky. No, I'm not. Luck. There's one thing you don't ever want to call me, man. Or you never want to call someone really successful. And I met some like crazy successful people. You never want to say luck to them. They don't believe in luck. I made my own luck. Right. You've got to create it, man. I I know that what, I mean, we're going to obviously we, I appreciate this conversation and I knew that this was going to go the way it went because we've created it, right? We manifested it already. We attracted that type of way of thinking and the impact that you're making with all the people that you come in contact with in your coaching programs. And obviously you have the virtual summit. So I can't wait to go on. I think it's what in March, is it March? Yeah, March 19th through the 21st. March. I just, I, I, I don't know why I thought of it. And I thought of uh, St. Patty's day, not, not that St. Patty's mean anything anymore, but <laughs> But so like, you're, what is, what are some of those summits kind of look like for you? Like, what is, how has that changed now because of COVID and like, what are, I mean, talk to the listeners about the summits and why they're so important to you now. Yeah. I mean, look, if you can get people who have a common interest into one place and get people like myself and Chris and the 20 other folks that are going to come share to come share authentically, right. Nobody coming in to pitch you on the $30,000 thing at the back of the room right. to convince you that, you know, this is the hack that's going to get you to the next place, but tell you the actual process that it took in order for them to accomplish what they accomplished. And here's some tactical steps that you can take in order to replicate this process so that you can get the end product. Where else can you get it? You, you can listen to podcasts all day, but it's incomplete. After Chris and I jump off of this thing, you'll have an hour of an amazing conversation. It might turn on some light bulbs for you, but on the applied level, you're only going to be, be able to implement a small amount of things. This isn't going to change your network. It's not going to introduce you to new people, and it's not actually going to be something that you can do other than listen to over and over and over again. All right, so it's intended for the compound effect. That's what it's intended for. It's the compound effect. If you take action or if you, that hits a light bulb and that goes off and hit a spark from that spark, we're going to do like when I listen to content or I'm, I consume a lot of stuff, but only the right information. Like I'll listen for about three, four minutes. I'm like, ah, you don't have my attention. I'm out. Peace. Like, Oh, it's a really good call. Chris, you should listen to it. I'm like, nah, I'm good, man. Because I, I'm not going to, I, that, that's my way of searching for the information. I shouldn't have to like go through all the bullshit. Like I, I'm, I'm what I'm, what I'm looking for is I'm, I need to feel the energy. I need to feel that frequency. And then I'm like, all right, they got my attention. They haven't said shit yet. I'm waiting for them to give me something, but I know they're going to bring it. <laughs> right. And then I go, wait a minute. And then I'll start going back in their stuff. And that's what I look at with the summits. Like the stuff that we give away, even the, you know, podcast stuff, the information I share on these things are the same information that I would share 10 years ago that people were paying me 50 K and 70 K for. Yep. And then they started putting a microphone in my face and I was like, well, all right. 
And then I learned how to be, then I tapped into other people's networks, putting in the work when no one was working. Then I didn't get exposed and lights off. Then they plugged my microphone in. I didn't know it wasn't in, <laughs> right? And now I'm talking to a huge audience and I'm so grateful for, but every listener that's tuning in right now knows that. They, they might've got here because of me, but they stay because of you. They stay because they want to hear come from every type of person, all walks of life. Yeah. It's the same story, bro. It's the same story. It's just coming from a different voice and a different experience and a different time. But that's what, it, that's the, that's the message behind it. Yeah. There's going to be probably one person is going to be listening to this and going to hear it coming from you and go, oh, and that might change your life. Yeah. I'm counting on it. That's why I'm here. Just right. one. I did see the other day. We'll tell you this. I screenshot it. I'll send it to you. Someone quoted me. I don't know. Like they, they hashtagged me and I was like, Oh my God. I was like, someone's quoting. Like, how are you quoting? They're quoting me now. It's like, I'm gonna get Jay Shetty soon. <laughs> he likes to quote everybody. Right. So, but Jay, if you're watching this man, I would be so honored, but yeah, I, I just love that stuff, man. I, I was just blown away by people like listening to some of the content and what makes me actually more excited is when I have certain guests that come on and they don't talk about, the questions they don't talk about the show they just talk about this story oh yeah. my god i love that person that person was great person was great i love that stuff i'm like that lets me know that you know it's i guess just you know the proof is in pudding man people you know they tune in because they want to hear something different i think that people have the ambassadorship and they have that story behind them and the polling behind them it, they they're bought into that do you feel that way with your show that, absolutely like right I, I want to talk about the person. Like, you can go tell everybody else your sales pitch. Like, I want people to see you through the conversation that we have. 100%. If they come on Dreamcatchers and do that, then you see different level of downloads than somebody who has a mask on. And I do everything I can to make sure they take the mask off. Just about every guest I get off with says, man, that felt like a therapy session. That's what <laughs> yeah. I do for my job. The job. Right. Right. I had, um, I can't remember who it was. I can't top of my head and forgive me if, if you, if I say it and then you remember the conversation, uh, it was George Bryant. Love George Bryant. Do you know George Bryant? I heard him on your show. That was a good show. He was good. And that was like a heat sinking missile, bro. I went right to his pain. Um, and it's just because I have a, com had a commonality with that pain and coming from our past experiences in life. And I knew what I, I sensed it. I picked up on it pretty quickly just because of, I went through something similar. But I would have never picked up on it if I wouldn't went through something similar to he went through. And he talked about it. He's like, man, I'm freaking sweating right now. Like, when he's getting off the show, he's like, I'm fucking sweating right now. And that that show right there, it made an impact into me. I learned like the four A's from him. Yeah. It's like, you know, the, the first year you just need to be aware of what's happening. Then you need to accept what's actually happening. In order for you to take massive action, you need to have a clear and concise vision and a, and a route to take to get to that, take that action, then you just got to hold yourself accountable. That's it. And it's that was simple, but the way he broke it down, obviously he does it. He did a little bit better because it's the way that he would frame it. That, that mean, it meant a lot to me because it, it, I heard the same message before and so many different people. Yeah. But it really hit home because we had that commonality. That's when it really sunk in. Yeah. 
without question, it's the connection at the end of the day, as you've right. talked about a few times during this episode. Right. Anything else that I missed that you want to kind of like bring up at this time? I, there's easy to, I mean, we're going to put the intro and then put your show links and all that good stuff in there and all that jazz. Right. But any kind of like thing you want to like to just convey to the listeners and maybe some words of advice on if they're listening to this and go, shit, man, I don't know where to start. Like what, how would you kind of like explain that to the listeners? I'll, I'll go to the red pill because we haven't broken it down for the listeners, right? And so if you don't know where to start, you start within, right? You've got to take the red pill. The red pill is our model for a centered life. And so it starts with self-image. Work on your relationship with yourself. Make some promises to yourself. Keep them. From there, you can impact the relationships around you. Most people who have low self-esteem or a, a poor self-image are in one-way relationships. They've got people around them who are taking. And they're just, uh, I call them leeches. I call them vampires. They're just taking, keep taping, keep taking. You need to reframe those relationships so they're mutually beneficial, or you need to sever them so you have room for mutually beneficial relationships. 100%, man. Then from there, you go to work. And once you improve yourself and your relationships, your work gets better because you become a person of influence. You're vibrating a higher frequency. You're attracting people to you versus chasing behind people you get those three things done because they're the sources of all your stress self-image relationships and work create all your stress then we can focus on your health because when you have a ton of stress you do the self-destructive things mm. fix your health start working on your meditation your cardio your diet um, some form of working out strength or uh, resistance training get through that then you go to prosperity you work on your health before your prosperity because if you don't have your health and you have prosperity, your health will take all of your prosperity. Yeah. And then out of the abundance in your prosperity, you give from the overflow and significance. And it's not just money. It's not just your, your treasure, but it's your talent and it's your time. And so you're able to invest those things with a bunch of different places, the things that you're most excited about. Right. So red pill, six categories, self-image, relationships, work health, prosperity, significance. You do those things, you'll live a phenomenal life. And I don't care who you are, there's something that can be fixed in one of those six areas. And I encourage you just to be willing to dive in and do that work. And by doing that work, your dreams will be real every day of the week. What if they're able to get to four of them and not being able to hit six? They're going to fill a void. And that filling that void is doing what with energy? So a huge loop back. They're taking that energy and is they're they're doing they're recreating their own trauma. They're recreating their own freaking misery, and they have no idea why they recreating their own shit. Yeah. I keep hitting this level and I can't get to this next level, and I keep getting to this spot and I can't get to the next. That's because you're you're recreating it. Chris, we're just like airplanes. If you put a hole in an airplane, the hole will suck everything out of the airplane. Mm -hmm. yep. and that's what it, that's what happens when when you try to skip levels. You try to skip those steps. The hole pulls it and starts pulling it out and starts sucking you back to that other place. Mm -hmm. You got to do the whole thing. I was talking about this in relationships. Uh, I, I think I've seen it on a. Uh, I watch a lot of comedy. The comedy is like um. That's my favorite thing in the world is like stand up. I think that's when I learned how to do loopbacks and stuff is from subconsciously watching stand up comedy. <laughs> that's where I get my news nowadays. Comedians I tell the most truth. But when they're you're looking at comedians and he was talking about like, okay, 
if you're looking at it this way and you take it like a step back and then you get in a relationship and you're on that level and then you get fat and then you get relate, you know, complacent, and then you get jolly. You get you talk about jolly fat, right? He's like, Oh, you gain a little bit of weight because you get a little bit more comfortable not doing the things at the beginning of a relationship that you would do it in a relationship and you would never end Tony Robbins, right? Then he talked about where you're focusing on those things and then you get stuck on a level. And you're stuck on a level because of your surroundings and you may or may not have should have been on that level with that other person and you settled. That's hard. Because now you're, you know, if you're a very loyal person like us, you don't want to leave them behind. You should, you know, David Chappelle is like, you should have saved that chick for later in your life. That's what he's talking about. You got to blaze through all these levels, man. And you can't get from this level to this level. You got to go through each one. You can't skip the stairs. No elevator. It's all stairs. Man, you got to be able to, like, I learned this from Jay Z. Um, Because, like, I've seen a lot of his quotes, and it's all about you can't buy it twice. Don't buy it. You can't afford it twice. He, He didn't actually say that, they reframed it. He's talking about making an investment. If you can't make the investment twice with your whole net worth, that don't make the investment. That's what he was saying. Not buy it. So they, people take it and they dummy it down. Talk about that. Uh, the southern dummy. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> dummy it down. They dummy. It, they dummied it down for a T-shirt. I guess. I don't know. But that's what he was talking about in investing. And I looked at those investments. You got to breathe through your eyelids, man. It's like what? Why am I feeling this way when I'm making a huge investment? Like. I'm willing to, when I make an investment, I, in my mind, I'm okay if I lost it. You gotta be. It don't mean anything. Like, I don't, that's, that's the whole transformation. Like, you're not, I'm not scared of shit. Cause I, 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 I grew up eating mayonnaise sandwiches, bro. Like, it's all good. I've been here before. <laughs> I touched the bottom of the pool. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm good. Like, you tell me when you had a car accident. I had a car accident, went right through a windshield. When I went right through, went broke up, and you you've been to Charleston, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So in Charleston they have a uh, Sullivan's Island right before you get to Sullivan's Island and Jane, um, Mount Pleasant. You take a turn. I hit a light post going like around seventy miles an hour with an old eighty five Ford truck. I hit that light post, and that light post cost two thousand one hundred forty nine dollars and thirty nine cents. Never forget that deep yeah. in my subconscious. I hit that son of a gun so hard with that truck. Luckily, it was a steel truck. Luckily, I didn't have a seatbelt on. I had a bruise right above my chest. I went right through the windshield. Paramedics got there. They thought I was dead. I asked them for a cigarette. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I need a cigarette. Like, I, you know, of course, I mean, I'm not saying I was in a, obviously in a bad state. I mean, it was just a bad accident. Yeah. We're off the road and hit the damn thing. Yeah. Why do you think I went through that windshield and I made it out okay? Nothing was wrong with me. I don't know. That's crazy. Why did you make it through hitting a jump truck? Oh, well, that's okay. I I didn't realize you were asking that question. Right. Why do you think you made it through? Like it could have been, it could have been just like that. Yeah. The work wasn't done. There's too many people who are counting on you to do your thing and you hadn't done it yet. Think about how many people you've touched over the past two years, right? That you don't even know them. Mm -hmm. Think about how many people this episode is going to touch. And it's only because you're still here. The funny part is my dad grew up in Mont's Corner. Oh, really? <laughs> I mean, I um, that's crazy. That's crazy. You see how all this stuff comes back in in in, in alignment. Yeah. There's that. no coincidence in life. None. Zero. 
None. They tell me, oh, oh, you feel like, um, what does he get? A deja vu? That means you're completely aligned on where you need to be. Ooh. People go, oh, you got deja vu. That That's a good indication you're exactly where you need to be at that moment. Yeah. That's what that means, just for those who don't study. Okay. So <laughs> that's what that really, truly means. You're exactly where you need to be at that moment. Chris, it happens twice. Once in the mind, once in the physical. Yeah. And if you can't see it in your mind, it's not going to happen for you. But one of my, I wouldn't say mentors, but someone came to visit me. I think it was like two years back and I had a beautiful flat. You know, obviously it wasn't this one. It was a different one. And he was like, you ever thought, you ever thought you would be here? How did I get here? I'm like, I'm not even here. I'm not even here right now. He didn't understand what I meant by that. And if you're listening to this, there's a reason why you're broke. There's a reason why you're in the situation you're in right now. And you're looking at me as a leech and you're latching onto my success, my coattails, and you're supposed to help me and point me in the right direction. The way I answered that question, I was like, I'm not even here right now. I'm not, I don't give a shit about how I know how I got here. I'm not, this isn't where I'm ending. I know where I'm going. I know exactly where I'm going. And God willing, if it, you know, if everything keeps lining up the way I'm going, I mean, you said we're playing infinite games, wrong? Period. We're playing an infinite game. We're not playing a finite game. Nope. If yeah. I got long, if I air my lungs, bro, I got fucking my, my the right mind. That's my biggest fear in life is losing my mind. Yeah, being a vegetable. Yeah. What is yours? Being a vegetable. Yeah. Because uh, I watched that with my sister. Pull the plug. Like, I, I'm telling you right now, I don't give a shit who's around me, bro. Like, you're, you gotta let it go. Let me go. Like, let me go. And like, I've served my purpose, man. Yeah. I've served my purpose, man. I appreciate everything you dropped on this. And I hope that this, you know, um, maybe some of your initial thoughts and the way that you kind of envisioned this, the way it was going to go. But I know I've, I've heard a lot of your content I've heard, and you have such a beautiful message and, and, the way that you delivered that message and the way that you're being, being able to polarize that out through all the different types of people, I think that's something special to watch. I, appreciate I don't, do you even know how good you are with some of the messaging and some of the things you do? I have no idea. It's all authentic. I don't even, I, I don't remember what we talked about. Yeah. That's exactly why we're here. Yeah. Um, Adam Shively, his episode launched on last Friday. And I launched it early. Yeah. Well, I, I actually kept it in my back pocket because he was launching his, on the first, uh, he wanted mine to be the first of this year for him. And I did the same. And I, you know, it's so it's humbling, bro. I get all been on all these shows and I've been like the top one, the downloads for their shows. And it's just so humbling to me. That's so my, hum I, that's what I want. Every, every show I go on, Chris, I want to be the top. I just, it's so, I'm so freaking humble. Like I'm the best, you know, like it's, I think it's like, I think it's four shows that I was a top one and then it was two of them were pretty big names. And then I was blown away by that, but it so means so much to me, you know, and just recognizing that energy and recognizing that frequency. And I, you know, and everyone goes, Oh, it's law of attraction. This and that. And it's not always that this is a law of attraction. You just need to be now. Right. Don't worry about shit. Just do you up to your fullest capability and your true potential. Because I'm willing to destroy myself today to become who I'm going to become. I got to. Like my daughter's counting on me, my family, my people that I come in contact with. Man, if people have heard me 10 years ago, bro, and they're like, I don't know how the hell he's doing what he's doing. I know how. 
I put into work when you're sitting at home and going, I don't want to pick up this book. I want to pick up a Coors Light. You're picking up that Coors Light because you don't want to have to deal with that book because you're going to realize how broke you are and how far you got to go. Yeah, You got to go a long way. Yeah, I learned that from my granddad, man. It's like you just got to learn something new every day. Every day. Every day. You go, some of the things you're going to learn, you're not going to want to learn because you're going to learn. <laughs> you're going to learn. That's a whole different conversation, man. But I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you. Thank you, Chris. I really appreciate this opportunity. We got to do it again. Always, man. Um, Q and A. We'll have to do a Q and A next part of this, and then go on your show. And uh, man, anything that, long as I'm around the right people, man, that's that's what it is. When people go, well, why you don't mess with me no more? Oh, let me ask you one question real quick. I, I'm, I'm going to ask you this question because I know that we're we're 100 aligned to this. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a trick question. People, do you get messages like how I? And I'm going to give you some of the messages that I get. Why you don't mess with me no more? Why you don't contact me no more? Why you don't call me no more? Why you don't do this? What do you say? When people say that to you, I don't respond. Boop. <laughs> I don't either. I ghost them. I ghost them because it's that, and you, you're asking me the wrong question. Yeah. What did you do? <laughs> you know what I mean? What were some of your choices and decisions? You have all the answers. Like you're, you're reaching out to me for, I, I can write this, but I, I don't. You have all the answers. Right. It's all good. I, I love you. I love you. I appreciate you. I'm, you know, whatever, man. But I'm not going. I'm, I'm going to do you a favor and not respond because you're not going to want to know what I'm going to really want to say. Because yeah. I'm 100% authentic. I can't lie to you. Right. It's not worth it. Nah, man. I'm like I'm. That's the energy drainer, energy sucker, leech, and they're going to keep sucking it out of you. Yeah. And you just got to know what you. If you're plugged into your energy source, man, you're always going to win. Always. So appreciate you. Thank you so much for everything. And listeners, guys. <laughs> If you don't know who this guy is by now, I highly suggest you go find him. Where can they find you? Jerome Myers.co. M-Y-E-R-S. Make it, keep it simple. <laughs> keep it simple. I, don't you love the ones that end like, oh, you can find me here, find me here, find me here. So you yell out the window, Chris Ross, I'll find you at some point. <laughs> but yeah, guys, highly suggest you reaching out to Jerome. Um, feedback questions, anything you want to send in. If you have any feedback questions or anything you would like to add or questions you want to maybe sprinkle some knowledge or maybe changing your perspective, the way that you're looking at it right now or the way that you're reflecting on it, that's my advice to you is reflect on some of the things that we talked about today. Take it in, be alone in your own thoughts and start directing those thoughts into a positive outlet that'll lead you to the right questions. But if you have questions, submit them in. And then when next time that him and I, we have a conversation, we'll make sure that I will answer those. But guys, I appreciate you. Be you, be great. Let's go kill it. Let's go win. Peace out. Thank you, Jerome. Thanks.